my friends, and welcome to the Experience Our Industry podcast. I am Dr. Brian Greenwood, and I am super excited to be here today with uh, Dylan Estrada. How are you, Dylan? I'm doing great. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, man, I'm uh, super excited to see you. Um, th- this this podcast won't, won't air until January, but we've just been hit by a huge snowstorm. And I was just asking uh, Dylan if if he was under uh, feet of snow, and he he said no. He's in he's in Joshua Tree. But uh, uh, Dylan is is um, is currently serving as the associate logistics manager uh, for Outward Bound California. So super excited to talk about that position, Dylan, and all that uh, goes into it. Um, but you've had an interesting few years since you uh, graduated in 2019. Dylan just told me a minute ago that he's uh, adjusting to domestic life again after not having, uh, uh, after not, um, not, not, uh, he had a roof over his head, but, um, we're, we're going to hear all, we're going to hear all about that. So, uh, uh, but, but let's get, let's get into, uh, let's get into your early life first. Uh, Dylan, tell me, um, tell me where you grew up. So I grew up in Camarillo, California, which is in Ventura County, not yeah. too far from San Luis Obispo. Yeah. Um, and was definitely always kind of like, a beach baby growing up yeah. you know, I lived probably 15 minutes from like all sorts of beaches around the area so uh-huh. yeah that's where I called home a lot, lot of sand in the belly from uh from those uh from those days I yep. remember when but what I took when we took Evie our, our young our, our oldest but our, our first our first baby you know we took her to the beach and I was so excited about it and like within minutes of of getting around the beach I realized that when you have a baby out on the beach, all they want to do is eat the sand. And it's like, <laughs> non, you're like nonstop, like, no, stop. No, <laughs> your, your, your parents were probably more savvy than, than me being a North Carolina guy. Uh, they just probably realized, Hey, he's going to eat the sand. It'll be fine. <laughs> He'll learn. He'll learn eventually. <laughs> yeah. Right. I should just let her eat it and realize, Oh, that, that really uh, is not very good. And she probably I'll wouldn't have a teachable moment. Teachable, teachable moment. Exactly. Uh, what'd your folks do when you're growing up, Dylan? Uh, my mom was a nurse for like the longest time that I could remember. Hmm. Uh, she was, she worked in like the labor and delivery wing. Oh wow! So my mom has always loved babies. Oh, I bet, I bet. <laughs> yeah, and That's then my awesome. dad. Um, for a while, like before technology kind of like uh, improved and like advanced, he mm-hmm. would go to elementary schools around like the LA area, uh-huh. and he would take like non-government ID pictures for schools before oh. like all schools had like their own like ID pictures that they would oh, do. Oh wow! Um, so that was like really interesting. Like, uh, uh-huh. I remember like when I was in like middle school, um, I used to like go with him to like different elementary schools because, um, like some LA schools at the time were still on like the track system. So like some wow. schools would still be in session during the summer. So I used to like go to work with him and, um, mostly just like play with the kids while they were like waiting in line to have <laughs> right keep them <laughs> occupied right yeah right well yeah, but, but now now he works at home depot and like uh does a lot of like flooring oh yeah Folks oh, that wow. are doing, like home renovations and like stuff like that oh wow 
that's really kind of wild, Dylan, that, you know, that's one of the reasons why I love doing these podcasts so much is like hearing those backstories and realizing that we, we, we kind of had to have a connection that we didn't really know about. Like my, my dad growing up had his own, um, had his own photographic, uh, studio and, um, and, and also was working at the VA, um, doing photography related stuff. Um, but, but yeah, he had to go out he did like sporting of, you know, how, um, Every kid when they're in a sports um get a get a, a picture. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I, I went with him and did that a couple of times. And uh <laughs> and and that and now in his retirement, he's like super into like home renovation and like you know, he restored all kinds of stuff. And uh so we've got a connection there. Yeah, and uh cool. you know, with I with your mom being a nurse, I um I I just I just got out of the hospital. I spent a week in the hospital uh, last week, and um, so uh, you know, just the care that nurses give and the the amazing, just you have to be an amazing special person to be a nurse. And so yeah. uh, it's it's pretty pretty awesome. I'm I'm, I'm sure to have one as a mom. Uh, but uh, sure. so shout out, so shout out to your mom for sure. Uh, what about siblings? Do you have any brothers and sisters growing up, or are you an only child? Yeah, I have three siblings. I have an older sister and two younger brothers. Oh, cool. What are they up to now? Are they all, all scattered all over or are they? Sort of, yeah. Like my sister still lives in like Camarillo. Mm. Uh, as best that I understand, she does like social work for um, like a juvenile prison. Ah. Um, and I could be like misunderstanding exactly what she does. Right. Um, but I think her title is like a peace officer there or something like that. Ah, right. Um, yeah. yeah. But she like for her adult life has like done like lots of like social work. Um, oh, cool. So she does that. Uh, my younger brother, Jack is 23. Yeah. 23. Yeah. And he lives in Boise, Idaho. And cool. this school year is his first year having his own classroom. He's a third grade teacher. In oh, Boise. no way. That's cool. And so that's that's really exciting. Like, I always yeah. love, like, seeing, like, pictures of his, like, classroom or, like, Halloween was really cute because, like, he'd, like, yeah. send us, like, our family group chat a picture of his classroom and, like, uh-huh. it's really cute. Like, today is their first uh, snow day of the school year. Oh, right. Of course. <laughs> kind of exciting. Like, yeah. he sent us a, a picture and was like, oh, like for snow day and the rest of like my family was like, ah, oh, so jealous. <laughs> yeah. He, I bet he's going out and getting some fresh tracks. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Must be. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Well, yeah. you guys were, you guys were pretty close. If he's 23, I mean, you, you guys, uh, yeah. I guess, um, pretty, pretty close in age. Um, yeah, so, we're, uh, we're four years apart and okay. we've been, like pretty close. Nice. Um, and then my youngest brother is 21 or no, 22 now. Jack okay. is 24 now. We okay. all just had a birthday yeah. in November. <laughs> right. That. That's uh, wild. Y'all all have November birthdays? Yep. Yeah. You one's some... the second, one's the third. I'm the 15th. <laughs> okay. You got some good planning parents. Uh, yeah. You know, we've got that in common too, because, you know, my, uh, my our kids, uh, they, they were born one day apart. Whoa. That's uh, Evie, Evie and Max. Yeah. Two years, one day apart. <laughs> But yeah, my youngest brother, um, he goes to Southern Utah University, ah. and he's studying to be an art teacher. Really oh, cool. 
Nice. Yeah. You got some teaching, got some teaching in the family there. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So, so, uh, in addition to, in, in addition to the beach, uh, what else was, uh, what else was young Dylan into growing up? I, I grew up playing sports a lot. Like I played soccer for most of my like childhood. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I always like run around, like playing sports. Um, I feel like I was like in like the last sort of bits of like, like childhood where I spent, you know, like riding my bikes all over town. Like me and my mm-hmm. friends would ride our bikes to each other's house and just like, hey, mm-hmm. can so-and-so like come play? Yeah. And like, we would just get into all sorts of shenanigans. <laughs> yeah. Running uh, around. Um that's awesome. Yeah, like my family would go camping a lot um, uh-huh. on like summer vacations. And so I would be like playing in creeks all the time. And right. Once What's I kind of like got older and like could uh, like drive myself places, I started like surfing a lot uh-huh. uh, and spending a lot more time at like the beach. Um, so when you think, yeah. uh, you know, with with what you're doing now, of course, <laughs> when, when you when you think about your most memorable um, camping trip with your with your with your folks with your family, uh, is there is there one that really really stands out that you have a, a great memory from? Yeah, like um, I used to grow up going to like Lake Casitas a lot, which is like isn't too far in like the uh-huh. Ohio area, uh-huh. and. Um, that was like definitely a yearly thing. We would go at least once, if not summers. And like, I would always take like one of my friends like with us and one in particular, his name is Justin. Like we sort of like fallen out of contact because like we went to like separate high schools and like separate colleges and whatnot. So we've like lost contact over the years. But I remember a couple of years ago, I like ran into him um, and we were like catching up and He told me that like uh, he still had a frog that he caught on like one of the camping trips that we went to like when we were in like middle school, and it had been like at least ten years at the t- like in between. And he was like, "Yeah, like you remember that like that frog that I caught? Like I still have it. It's still alive." <laughs> <laughs> so I think I always thought that was like really funny that like that is wild. Yeah, we we just got into it. We were just like catching frogs and like uh-huh. your kids and like still had one. That is so, like I think about like that a lot of just like fun stuff that we used to do. And then the summer before I went into high school, so between like eighth and ninth grade, uh-huh. uh, one of my cousins took me backpacking in Yosemite for the first time. Oh, and that was that was the first time that I'd been like backpacking. Um, yeah. And that definitely like really shifted my my worldview of like things that I was into. <laughs> right, got got you hooked, right? Yeah, and that was that was the first time that I was like, oh whoa, like there there's the outdoors, and then there's the outdoors, <laughs> and there's the outdoors, right? Yeah, exactly. So that was definitely like a really special like occasion for me. I love that sent you sent you along on your path. So so when you think about when you think about the process and, 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 and getting to, to Cal Poly, was it, was there, was there any connection that, that, that brought you here? Um, what, what are your, what are your memories like, uh, related to that? Do you remember? 
So my, my journey to Cal Poly is definitely rooted in failure and rejection. Oh, yeah? Really interesting. That's, that it's is. My early college days, like I went to community college for like four or five years. I was in the community college system for a while. Oh. But I was, I was actually trying to go to nursing school um, before I went to Cal Poly. Oh, wow. Because like graduating high school, like I didn't get into like any of the schools that I wanted to. So I was in this like transition zone of like, okay, now I have to like refigure out what I want to do with my life. Mm-hmm. And like my mom has always been a nurse, like I already mentioned. So like mm-hmm. that was definitely like on kind of like the mind of like, okay, like maybe I could go into that because like I've always wanted to like help people and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mom also worked the like the overnight shift and full time for like the graveyard shift was only three nights a week. Yeah. So like in my mind, I was like, okay, like I could do that. <laughs> yeah. And I was also surfing a lot at the time. So I was like, yeah, like I get off work at, you know, like 7 a.m. Like I go surfing when like the surf is the best. Like I eat breakfast or dinner, whatever you would want to call that. Yep. And then I sleep for the rest of the day and then kind of do it again for a couple nights a week. And then I would still have like a lot of time off to go like do fun things. Yeah. So, so I was like, okay, like I'll, I'll try nursing. And I did like the prereqs for nursing and like applied to nursing schools. Um, and I was like denied by every single nursing program that I applied to. What? Which I was like, yeah. <laughs> Which I was pretty bummed about. At the time. Was like, like, was that like the one time in our history where we had a surplus of nurses or something? Like, yes. what, was, what in the heck? <laughs> like, it was. It wasn't that like I was getting poor grades. Like, I had like a three point seven five GPA or something yeah, like that. That's so weird. So I was like, okay, like, and the way nursing school works is like you can't like apply to nursing schools until you finish all your prereqs Uh, so i was kind of in this like kind of mandated gap year of like i couldn't uh, be in a nursing program so like during that year i kind of had like a gap year mm -hmm. so i was um i was working at a climbing gym at the time like i worked for like the parks and rec in my hometown and was like lifeguarding also Mm -hmm. kind of just like working full-time and like the way my schedule worked was like, I always worked the morning shifts at the pool. So I would like get in at like five and get off at like uh 10 30 AM. Mm-hmm. And then would have like the rest of that day. And then on the opposite day, I would close at the climbing gym. So I would go in at like, you know, like three o'clock or something like that and work until like it closed and then wake up the next morning. <laughs> yep. So I was working full time, but like had kind of like large swaths of time off of like right. half of one day and like the, the first half of the next day. Right. So during that time, I was like going outside a lot and like climbing and surfing and like just hiking a bunch. And then also during that time, I like was like reapplying to nursing schools. And then I decided to like also try and like work on a degree in parks and rec because i was like worried i was like oh like what if i get denied by nursing programs again like right and i'm kind of just like stuck in this like rut of i've just been like trying to get in it's like not working out so like i gotta have like a plan b yeah of course so so i worked on like the prereqs for a year after like my gap year to like also apply to like parks and rec 
programs. And then I was also working as a certified nursing assistant to try and like boost my nursing resume of like, okay, I'm working in a healthcare facility, mm-hmm. like getting all this like extra curricular, like nursing activities mm-hmm. on the resume. And then I reapplied to like nursing schools and then I applied to a bunch of parks and rec programs kind of like all over the state. And I was denied by every single nursing program that I applied to again. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. I still can't believe that. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, okay, like, I guess nursing isn't in the cards for me right now. <laughs> right. And then what was also interesting to me was uh, Cal Poly was the only parks and rec program that I got into. Like I applied to like Chico State, San Diego State, like <laughs> like San Bernardino, like all these other like Parks and Rec programs. And none I was of like, what you're saying makes any sense, Dylan. I you're telling crazy. me. It's you're crazy. telling me. <laughs> like, and yeah. like at the time, like I knew I was like, okay, Cal Poly is this like highly prestigious school. Like you know, it carries all of this like clout in the like. California college system. Right. That was the only school that it got into. Right. So like (laughs) there wasn't a whole lot of choice. (laughs) Right. Right. You were like doing, you're doing bad flips when you got that. uh, that Yeah. I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to Cal Poly. Great. (laughs) (laughs) But I was like excited to go because it like had all this like prestige and like, it was in like a really like pretty area. And like, it was like the central coast, you know, it was like close to like beaches and like, all these like rolling green hills. Yeah. Um, and like I, from working in a climbing gym, like I knew that the climbing gym in San Luis Obispo was like world-class. Oh, you knew about the pad, huh? Yeah. Okay. And at the time, like it was, it was still at like the old location before like its current location. Oh, right. Um, so I was like really excited to go to school there and like have that yeah. climbing gym where I could go climb 24 seven. Yeah. That's all. Awesome. So I was excited to, to go to Capali. Right, uh, right, right, right. Yeah, that, that was sort of like my journey into Cal Poly of like, well, I'm going to do Parks and Rec stuff. <laughs> right, right. And we should give a shout out because um, uh, the, the owner of the pad is uh, is one of our is one of our graduates. Also, I need to I need to have um, remind me, remind me the name of the owner. Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> you don't know either. Oh, man, I can't I can't believe I'm not going to roll that right off. Um, but uh, yeah, th- there's. um uh i believe it's a i believe it's a husband and wife team that owns the pad and um and one of them was was one of our was one of our graduates and um mm-hmm. i've met them once but they they preceded me um people i'm sure once i post this podcast like the first comment's going to be the name of uh the owner of the pad <laughs> but uh but i'll pledge to have them on how's how's that that'll be right. that'll be what we'll do there but dylan you know that is really what a what a great story and you know when i when i mentioned um, when you said the age of your brother and I was like, oh, you guys must have been really close. Like I was doing your age based on your graduation year mm-hmm. and and um, not realizing that you were not more of a non-traditional student who, um, yeah, who was transferred a little in at 23. Yeah. Wow. You transferred in at 23. And, um, you know, I knew there was something about you, Dylan, that was, uh, that was, uh, that was different. And so that's what it was, is that, that, that maturity there. And, um, uh, I love it. So let's talk about your time at Cal Poly. Um, you know, I, you know how these go, right. I, I try to ask, I try to ask questions about like, 
what was what was the experience like, both in terms of professional development, you know, that learn by doing centered aspect, but then also that element of like, what was what was one meaningful experience that you look back and you're like, oh, wow, I'll never for I'll never forget that time or that moment. Um, do you have one of those we can start with? Yeah, like I was really excited to do this podcast because I feel like so much of like my life and journey has been like very non-traditional. Yeah. So to like take a sort of off the rail of like, I guess how your podcast normally goes, but like my most memorable moment from my time at Cal Poly, like doesn't really like it didn't happen while I was physically at Cal Poly, but to go into it, there is, I'm not sure if he's a professor or like admin member, but do you know John Dalby? No, I don't think so. That name. But John Dalby works at Cal Poly. I think he's a professor. I don't know what he teaches, but um, he was like a really like long time, like Outward Bound, like instructor and had like worked for Outward Bound for like a really long time. Oh. And he reached out to... Um, to Marnie and uh, told her that like, Hey, like outward bound has this uh, like 65 day, like semester long course for like uh, people that like identify as like a person of color. And like, we're doing this scholarship and it's this like outdoor educator course for people who like are considering maybe like working in like the outdoor field or like the guiding field kind of thing. And like, if you have anyone in your like program that, um like identifies as a person of color and like is interested you should have them apply to the scholarship mm-hmm. so i applied and i got the scholarship and so the fall of my senior year i went on a 65 day backpacking trip and <laughs> did that for like sort of as like quote like study abroad but oh, i was right. just backpacking instead of like running around Europe or whatever. Where, where, where were you backpacking? So we did 23 days in the Sierras. Uh-huh. Um, and then we did a 10 day wilderness first responder course. Uh-huh. Um, and then we went down to Joshua tree and did like 14 days ish down there where like, Part of it was like learning how to facilitate rock climbing in like an institutional setting. Mm-hmm. And then part of it was like desert backpacking kind of a thing. Wow. And then we went up to the Bay Area and kind of like bopped around like different like campgrounds around the Bay and did mm-hmm. a lot of like really cool like service projects and like essentially prepared for like what our quote like practicum was going to be, mm-hmm. where we were supposed to take uh, like a middle school. A group on like an overnight backpacking trip and like essentially like be instructors for this like middle school right um but that was the year of the thomas fire and uh, um like the air quality was like really bad so like we had to like cancel that portion of it gotcha um, so that was like really like transformative for me in that like learning that one like i have it in me to like be in the outdoors for a really long time (laughs) right (laughs) right right and like um 
like I, I had loved like backpacking and like being outdoors, but like, I didn't really like understand that that's like something that you can do like as a job, as a career, like people do that. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And after doing that, I was like, okay, like that's, that's what I want to do. <laughs> you felt you found your purpose, right? Yeah. There exactly. you go. I, I exactly. love that. Yeah. Cause I like I emphasized in like outdoor recreation, but like, didn't really know that that was like a pocket of like outdoor recreation that like people do. So, right. So that experience was like really like special for me and it didn't happen at Cal Poly. Right, 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 right. But, but, but through Cal Poly, right? Through Cal Poly, uh, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And shout out and shout out to Dr. uh, Dr. Goldenberg, Dr. G as uh, she's so affectionately known and, um, you know, the the opportunities that, that she helps to facilitate for our outdoor recreation students are is is um, is just really awesome. And um, and she, of course, nominated you for this podcast. And so uh, uh, so we, uh, I always like to give her a shout out. She's probably been the um, one of the, the biggest supporters uh, of the of the podcast. But um you know, let's let's dive a little bit deeper into that, Dylan. If you if you don't sure. mind, you know, you you mentioned the the wilderness first responder course, the 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 ten days there. Um, uh, can you can you dive a little deeper into that? I I know from experience that you know when I was working in campus recreation, our um, outdoor recreation director um, would would lead those wilderness first responder trainings, and I know how involved they are and. Um, how important they are. Um, so, so can you talk a little bit about, about what, what that is and, and what it, what it entails? Yeah. So the wilderness first responder certification is like pretty much industry standard for like anyone that's like wanting to go into like the guiding world, like, um, that sort of thing. And basically like what the course is, is like 10 days, Half of the day you spend kind of in like a more like classroom setting where you're learning about all these different like sicknesses or like uh, broken bones, dislocations, like like snake venom, like allergic reactions, like all of these, anything that can like happen out like in the field when you're in the wilderness. And then like, how do you take care of that with limited resources when like help is not a 911 phone call away kind of thing. So it's a lot of how do you stabilize the patient? How do you like make sure that they're not going to like lose life or limb in that situation. Right. And then like essentially make a plan to either get them out somehow or keep them until like help can reach kind of a thing. And then so like half of it is like in a classroom setting, learning kind of like the textbook situation. And then the other half is like, you'll go out and do like scenarios of they'll take half the class and like take them around the corner tell them like, okay, like you're gonna, like you have like a contusion on your head, like you're bleeding from like the abdomen, like you're having an allergic reaction kind of a thing. And then they like set you out and you do like, kind of role play of like being like a responder to those situations of like you go up besides the scene right uh you go through like your initial like assessment of like okay like 
their CSMs are intact, like they're breathing, like they're not bleeding, they're not going to die. Okay, like let's let's see what's, what's <laughs> right. happening here. Right. Well, so I imagine as you're going through that, did, did like the light bulb go off of like, oh, I've got a, I've got a huge benefit here because of my nursing <laughs> training and uh, and healthcare. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there was definitely like stuff that like translated over and I was like, oh, nice. Okay. Like, yeah, I know how this connects and like how this should work kind of a thing. So yeah, I'm definitely thankful to have that background going into like that portion. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Well, let's talk about that journey, um, the the journey out out of Cal Poly and heading out into the to the working world. So you um you obviously have shared um, quite a bit with us that that you are already really in the working world. So you know when I say that, I don't mean that um, in, sure. in, in any slight. But you know, with a with a degree and a, a piece of paper in hand and and ready to to see your future. Um, talk to us about um, your internship experience and um, and what you did there. <laughs> Yeah, so I did my internship with a company called Avid for Adventure. Um, they do a lot of like summer camps and like day camps, and they also have like expedition programs. Uh, and they're they're kind of expanding a lot. They're sort of all over now. But um, I did my internship as an instructor at a summer camp in Colorado, uh, mm-hmm. summer of 2019, and mm-hmm. it was so fun. <laughs> um, yeah, I just pulled it up. It looks fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I primarily worked with uh, like fourth through sixth grade and they were at the summer camp for like two weeks at a time. Uh-huh. And we taught them kayaking. We taught them mountain biking. We taught them rock climbing. We went, we took them like backpacking. And then all of like the normal like camp fun that happens at summer camp, which right. was like, really interesting because like i didn't grow up going to summer camp so like right like working at one just like getting that like peek behind the curtain of like this is such a silly job <laughs> yeah right. like all of like the costumes that they have on hand for all of like the campfires like uh-huh like learning all of the weird like camp songs and like just all of the goofy stuff that just like, happens at summer camp is like so weird but it was so fun yeah and that was like definitely like my first like instance of like like kind of being an instructor or like i guess sort of like an educator um like teaching kids like fun skills or like life skills that you can learn from how do you fall off a mountain bike and get up (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) you have that resiliency kind of a thing (laughs) right 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 so So, that was a lot of fun yeah awesome And, and so you know coming out of avid for adventure so tell us tell us how you know one of the things that i think is really um good for for our current and prospective students to hear and and obviously they're they're a major part of the listening audience um uh tell us uh did did you did you develop did you develop contacts did you did you keep contacts from your outward bound experience um while you're here at cal poly like what, what led, what led to that next step? Um, in other words, was it like a stepping stone? How did that work? Yeah, it was definitely like the outdoor industry is so much of like who, you know, because it's so small, right. like everyone sort of knows someone in like other companies, industries kind mm-hmm. of a thing. So 
My you time. think in California that it's like huge, right? But it's not really, right? It's like, it's no. Right. It's it's really surprising. Like all of my jobs that I've had, like someone knows someone like elsewhere. But with my time with Avid for Adventure, um, I still talk to like so many people summer. Been back since that summer. But um, one of like my really close friends, his name is Brian. Um he knew that I was from California and was like, Hey dude, like we should talk about California sometime. Like I work for this company called Naturalist at large. We're based out of Ventura. And I was like, wait, wait, wait. Whoa. That's, that's, Ventura. that's where I live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know Ventura. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so he was like, Oh yeah. Like you, sh- you should apply. Like we like work with schools and um, schools will come to us and be like, Hey, we want to do like an outdoor education program. Can you help us like set that up? And so like what Naturalists at Large does is like set up an outdoor education program wherever like the school wants to go, like whatever the school is like looking for, like some schools come to us like, oh, like this is like a ninth grade range. So like we want it to be a lot of like team building and like bonding experience with like some science aspects, whatnot, because it's like the beginning of the school year. So like we want like the ninth grade to like really like bond together, like the beginning of high school kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's like, okay, it's like junior year. They're like really in their like, uh, like life science or like bio- biology science kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. So like we want like our program to be like a lot more like heavily like science-based kind of a thing. So we're like, okay, like we'll do, we'll set up like more lessons on like flora and fauna or like maybe we'll do like a stream survey, like blah, blah, blah. Right. So that was that was like really interesting to do like as an instructor and like each week I was like somewhere different. Like one week I would be at Pinnacles National Park. Like the next week I would be up at like Point Reyes and like the week after that I could be in like Joshua Tree. So I got to like really just like travel a whole bunch and then like build my own like instructor like tool bag or toolkit we call it of like right. okay like I know like this about like this region's like flora and fauna, like how can I apply that to like or like now I kind of have my flow of like team building exercises that I can do with like students and like what works for like this age range versus this age range. Like play a lot more games with middle schoolers because they have a much higher fun need mm-hmm. versus seniors in high school. Like they kind of just want to hang out. <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> And they're okay with that kind of a thing. Right. So that was like really interesting to like transition out of like my internship into like that job, which is like, uh-huh. I guess my first quote, like real job right. post grad. Right. Um, kind of a thing. Um, and at the same time, you were, you were, were you not also as an outward bound instructor? No, that didn't come until later. Um, okay. Okay. So I work for Natural Set Large. It's it's really interesting because I work all like seasonal jobs essentially. Yeah. And so for a while before I got my current job here at Outward Bound, I would work Natural Set Large fall and spring because gotcha. that's when like the schools were like heavily in session. Of course. And then winter of 2019. So after my first season with Natural Set Large. Uh, this is another kind of like weird coincidental, like 
who you know sort of a, a situation. Right. But at the end of the fall Natural at Large season, there's a climbing training that happens in Joshua Tree where they teach the instructors like, oh, this is like Natural at Large, like industry, like this is our standard for like climbing courses and like how you facilitate like climbing or maybe like they're teaching like, oh, this is how you do like rescues on like climbing trips. Um, this is how you set up like anchors and all these like sort of like really fun and interesting like climbing technical abilities. Right. And while I was there on that training, I remembered rewinding a little bit back to like my hour bound semester course while right. we were in Joshua tree, we ran into Natchez at large doing their climbing training. Oh, right. And because the, like the industry is so small, like my instructors from my hour bound course knew a bunch of the people that worked for Natchez at large. So we like kind of like went over and like said hi to them. And like, I met some like Natchez at large people, like while I was a student for hour bound and like, didn't really like make that connection until I was working for Natural Set Large. And then I was like, wait a minute. I bet you there's an outbound semester crew around somewhere. Uh-huh. And sure enough, like later that evening, like uh, a couple of outbound trucks, like drove by or, like our campsite and like whoever was in the truck, like recognized like someone that was just like in the parking lot. And so they like stopped the truck and like the instructors like hopped out. And like, I recognized like my instructor was there. <laughs> So I went over and said hi to like my instructor and he, he was like, Oh, like you should come over and like talk to this year's semester crew and like tell them about like your journey, like your like semester course and like what you're doing now and just like hear their experience. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, sure. So I like went over and like had dinner with them last night or that night. And <laughs> it was it was kind of funny because like one of the students on that semester crew, her name was Isis. She also went to Cal Poly and oh. like, I think Dr. G's set it up, but like I had like met with her like earlier that spring and like just like talked about the semester course because she was like right. interested in it. Right. So like she ended up doing it and I didn't know that until right. that night. <laughs> so you just happened to randomly run into her that night? <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, hey. I'm glad you did it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so like I, I hung out with them like that night and just like swapped stories. And then the program director for Outward Bounds Joshua Tree program was there. And like I hadn't met him like very briefly on like my semester course. And so like I talked to him a little bit and he was like, what are you doing this winter? And I was like, I don't know. I don't have a job. He was like, you want to come work for us? And I was like, boy, would I? <laughs> uh, are you kidding me? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> so I like filled out the application like on my phone in like the parking lot of the campground <laughs> that night. <laughs> That's awesome. And then I got hired for Hour Bound for that winter. Nice. And that was really exciting. And it kind of just like fell into my lap. Like <laughs> right, right, right. Well, well. So let's get so let's get into that. Let's get into the the, the outward bound journey. Um, you know, you we we t we talked at the beginning that that you said this was your first domestic situation <laughs> in a couple of years. So uh, so so tell us uh, tell us what these last couple of years have been like. Um, leading up to your um, uh, you, you were named um, like I said earlier you were named associate uh, logistics manager for outward bound California um, I guess that was back in October right mm -hmm. and um, so uh, 
the last two years leading up to that. Tell us about that journey. It sounds like uh, you've had uh, 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 quite a few experiences. <laughs> yeah, you could say that. Yeah, um, we, we would be here all day if you shared all of them. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, give us sure. give us some highlights. <laughs> how how yeah. many ba- how many bears? How many mountain lions? <laughs> how many uh, how many rattlesnakes? Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Three bears, <laughs> a couple rattlesnakes. Okay. <laughs> um, no mountain lions. <laughs> no mountain lions. Mountain okay. lions don't don't let they they won't let you see them. <laughs> yeah, I got you. <laughs> but yeah, so like I said, I've kind of like rotated seasons between like Natural Set Large and like Outer Bound. Yeah. Um, and like I've been before this job, I've been living out of my van for a couple years now. Nice. Um, and I definitely live like a very transient lifestyle. So with not just at large, like it's a lot more like base camp style stuff. So I was typically living either in my car or in my van. Um, mm-hmm. and van for, yeah. <laughs> and when working for our bound, like we, we work like courses and courses range from like seven days to like 30 days. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've sort of like through my like tenure with our bound i've like carved out my own like little niche of like now i basically only work longer courses Um, for example like just this year um i've spent something like 120 days in the field (laughs) just like backpacking sleeping on the ground yeah sleeping under a tarp um so I, i work a lot of the like 22 day or like 30 day courses um, mm-hmm. in part because I have like experience doing like the semester course. So like, yeah, I have lots of experience, like being out in the field for like a really long time. Right. Um, so that's definitely like where a big part of like my heart is like, I love instructing Yeah. and um, I'm really happy that like in my current position, um, it's like a seven month contract. So I work kind of like October through April Mm -hmm. and that still leaves me the summers to go back to like the Sierras and like instruct and like, awesome. which I'm like really happy that that can still be a part of my job. And that's, that's really smart. That's really smart of them to do that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's really cool to like, also like have so much like flexibility in that. Uh Um, Like all of the jobs that I've worked, like they send what they call like a dream sheet out like a couple months before like whatever that season is and you tell them like oh like i'm available to work like these times and it's like very flexible in that like if i want to work all summer i can work all summer and they'll staff me for as many courses as they need slash i want right but if i want to go like do my own adventure and like take Mm -hmm. august off i can do that love it that's, which is like great. really cool <laughs> that is so great and that that and that shows what an amazing organization you know outward bound yeah. is to, and and realizing realizing that the people that you know that are, are that are going to be a part of their workforce are are the type of people that that want not only want but need that need that type of flexibility you know yeah. um, and uh i wish i wish more wish more companies uh <laughs> could <laughs> could take that type of approach uh, so dylan how about this how, could you could you share with us um over these last two years in instructing and and whatnot um 
maybe your most harrowing experience and your most meaningful experience? Um, okay. My most harrowing experience uh, this summer, I had two helicopter evacs <laughs> on my courses. Oh. Uh, two of them for different reasons, but one of them was like more situation like lucky and that like we were camped out like outside of like a um a backcountry ranger station mm -hmm. and the injury itself like wasn't actually that serious but like evacuating them out was going to be like logistically hard because they couldn't really walk very well yeah um but there was a helicopter like scheduled to come to like that ranger station to pick up some gear anyways so we just like happened to get them out on that, which was really right, nice. Right. <laughs> and then the second one of that summer um, was on one of my 30 day courses and on the 30 day courses or on all courses, we have what we call solo and it's time where like students, like we set them out uh, like by themselves basically um, yeah. and give them like a little like perimeters, like, okay, like don't leave this area. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like yeah. you're gonna be here by yourself but don't leave <laughs> yeah and while while that was happening like a student like hit their head on a rock and like got like really like nauseous so we were like okay like that's kind of telltale signs of like a concussion and we were probably like 10 miles in from like the trailhead mm. and the student was having a hard time like walking it was like really nauseous and like couldn't keep like food or like water down uh so we ended up like having to <laughs> get them out by helicopter and that one was like a little bit more stressful than the other <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i bet i bet and and, and uh, so I, i'm glad you went with harrowing first uh because then we'll, <laughs> we'll jump into we'll jump into meaningful you know i i imagine dylan that um you know, when you spend, you know, I, I just think about my summer camp experience, right? And, um, and, and, and I know it's different and it's very different because I, I've also had a, a backpacking experience too with, 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 um, I went with my best friend, um, for 12 days. But, um, I just imagine that, that these hardcore, like 20, you know, 10, 30, whatever a day, experiences in nature with people i just imagine that you build these bonds um can you can you talk a little bit about that like um when i say your most meaningful experience i kind of imagine it all being like wrapped into one like uh <laughs> you know all these uh, all these relationships and bonds and and whatnot but um but i don't want to answer for you i want i want to hear it from you <laughs> yeah like you definitely hit on like a really good point of like you know, like these courses are hard for a lot of people. Like it's definitely not in their normal activities. <laughs> yeah. And part of like what Our Bounds like mission is, is like create like more resilient people um, through like challenge and discovery, essentially. Yeah. Um, and people make like really strong bonds with like their, their crew because like everyone is like having this like really challenging experience. Yeah. And like, we're also trying to like teach skills that like, maybe like they don't necessarily like have been taught in like a traditional school setting of like, 
how to have like a really hard conversation with people or like how to like do a lot of like self-reflection and like figure out like what's going on like inside them and like hold space for them to like process like these mm-hmm. like feelings or like like experiences they've had in life and mm-hmm. so like that creates these like really like powerful like experiences like for people to like yeah. have and like process kind of a thing right and like one thing that like i love doing on these courses is um anytime that like we'll climb like a really like high or like technical peak uh we'll call it like a peak attempt and it's usually like a full day experience um like a really high like mountain like those there's probably gonna be like technical terrain that you have to like like move across and like climb like everyone's wearing helmets there's like definitely risk involved like we manage it very well yeah but um there's like risk involved in doing it and one thing that we'll do is like we call it like a peak dedication and each student will like choose someone in their life that um has kind of like helped bring them to like this moment and like has helped them through challenge and like we use like the peak as a metaphor of like carry like this person like up the mountain with you like they've helped carry you through like the struggles that you've experienced in your life i love that and then at the top we have kind of like a little like ceremony where we like we go around and like everyone shares like who they're dedicating this peak to and like why right like that that experience is always just like so powerful for people yeah sometimes we'll do it like we'll do like a sunrise peak attempt um and like get up at like 2 a.m and like hike through the dark to try and reach the top by like sunrise so like there's this like really powerful like like sunrise happening as we're doing like our peak attempt yeah um so that's like always like a really powerful and like meaningful moment for like everyone like all of the students involved and like also me because like that gives me like the warm and fuzzies and like reminds me like Mm -hmm. oh this is why i'm doing this to like provide experiences like this for people (laughs) yeah right that 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 just can't be duplicated and um you know i wonder dylan if you can can talk a little bit i mean obviously you were doing all this um in the midst of a a global pandemic and and so i imagine that um that that came with its own um i'm I'm not even sure what word i would use there it's its own um uh power and and um but but also mixed with with um with trauma and mixed with emotions and and all of those sorts of things i mean as people kind of realize that hey the outdoors are is a is a safe space safe space for us right um so can you can you touch on that i mean did you did you see what was what was that like i mean i i can't even i can't even begin to fathom what that must have been like for you yeah it was like really interesting because like post i mean we're still in a pandemic but like once things kind of started like opening up a little bit more and like we started running programs again like what we were seeing in like the students was there was like large portions of like uh like social development 
it has like created like a lapse from like mm-hmm. lots of people like being in like zoom classrooms or like not really like interacting with people right um, especially like in like the age range like middle school like high school like those are like very like formative years of like how you learned how to like interact with people um and so like that was something that like we noticed was like happening it was like okay like we need to like spend a little bit more time on like the social emotional like learnings. I was gonna say, did you did you did you embed the SEL? Yep, sure did. Yep. <laughs> and like still focusing on like the technical aspects of like teaching them how to backpack and like of you course. know be in yeah. the outdoors. Um, but I definitely feel like we started to like skew a little bit more like in that direction of uh-huh. teaching like social emotional like learnings because um, that was just like a need that we were yeah. seeing students and then just like also getting people outdoors again was like really cool to see like you could definitely tell that like a lot of the students had just kind of like been cooped up for like a long time and like to really just like open up the doors completely and be like all right like we're gonna go run around outside for right right. many days that had to be gratifying for sure yeah so that's been like really special like post pandemic of being a part of like filling in those gaps for people that might have missed it from being inside a lot (laughs) right so uh i i hate to i hate to end um too uh too um logistically (laughs) so to speak but uh tell us tell us what you do as an as as day-to-day as an associate logistics manager now yeah so now my days um None of them like really look exactly the same, but some of them are kind of just like, I like to call them like, like blocks of time. Ah, Um, Our Joshua tree program is a little different than our Sierra program in that there's not really a lot of, there's never really courses that overlap in the summers in the Sierras. Like there's courses of all different lengths and sizes. So like there's always something happening. Yeah. But down here in Joshua Tree, like we we run in blocks. Like we'll do a course that's five days, seven days, whatever. Mm-hmm. It ends and the field. And then there's another block. So my job right now in the prep phase before the courses go into the field, what I do is I do a lot of grocery shopping. So uh-huh. I make sure that <laughs> The crews have all the food that they need in the field. I make sure that there's enough like fuel for uh, the crews to like cook. I make sure that like all of the gear is kind of in order. Um, I'm in charge of like vehicle maintenance and um, that sort of thing. So I make sure that like our vehicles are able to get crews into the field um, and just kind of like set up the logistics coordinator for success and the logistics coordinator is the person on course that like runs the logistics for that like specific course that's going on site right i'm like one step removed from like that process and i'm like the puppeteer that like (laughs) springs like right behind the scenes to make sure like kind of like everything right right i love it uh so that's kind of what i do in like the prep phase of course while like uh, the instructors are prepping, like the logistics coordinators are prepping. They do their like food pack. Um, 
which is when they dole out a, a pound and a half of dried beans or like like two pounds of rice kind of a thing and pack all their food and i like sort of oversee that happening as well make sure that like they have all the food they need and then while the crews are in the field um I sort of have like a little bit of a lull in the time and I use that time to kind of like project forward of like, okay, like what needs to happen for course end? Um, do, do we have like the food to cook like course end meal? Cause at the end of each course, there's usually read a blowout, which is like they come back, the crews come back out of the field. And then the last night, of course, like, the logistics coordinator makes this like big elaborate like burrito meal and everyone's really excited because it's like <laughs> not dehydrated food yeah <laughs> <Hey>! <laughs> so i like make sure that there's like food for that um and then make sure that like the systems like on our base camp is like ready to do dsu uh, of all the gear and stuff like that and then course end happens and then the instructors and logistics coordinators like comes back to base. They do their DSU. I'm around to kind of like answer questions or like lend an extra hand here or there to, yeah, I'll help you like wash peanut butter tub. Sure. Or, <laughs> <laughs> or yeah, like I can run to like the laundromat and wash a million sleeping bags. I can do that. <laughs> sure. Yeah, of course. So I'm kind of just like a hand in that. and then. We also have at the end of every course, we call it course report uh -huh. and it's just kind of like a debrief of course overall and like, okay, like what worked, what didn't kind of a thing. And so like, I'm there for like, at least the logistics portion of like, how did things go like logistically? Like was the gear of appropriate quality? Like, was there enough quantity of food? Was there too much food? Was there too little food? Uh, that kind of thing um so i'm like there for that just to like get feedback for like logistics as a whole and then in the third block of like post course course is done i might have a couple days on before like the prep happens for the next course and then i use that time to kind of like work out the fixes of like whatever feedback logistics got from like the last course if there's a way that we can fix that. I try and fix it. Um, I do lots of like forward thinking of like, okay, what needs to happen for the course that's going to run in February? Like the instructors on that course have a lot of like dietary things. Like what do I need to do to make sure that oh. they have food they can eat? Um, right. Like, Oh, this truck like hasn't had like a vehicle inspection in a while. Like I need to do that. Or another big part of my job is we have what we call the food program. Mm -hmm. And essentially it's this like big Excel spreadsheet where like you plug in numbers of like, oh, there's 12 people on this course. They choose this, that, and the other meal. And it spits out all sorts of like amounts of food for the food pack. And lately a lot of my job is trying to like understand and like work with that. <laughs> Oh, really? Okay. Because yeah, I don't really have a ton of like experience with like Excel. Like there, there's like that one right. course that I remember taking where like a big part of it was working with Excel. Right. Did you have Dr. Schwab? 
Yeah, Dr. Schwab. Yeah. Yeah. The shout out, Dr. Schwab, the Excel class. I, I wish I remembered more. <laughs> uh-huh. No, yeah, I hear you. Well, well, you have you have way more than I had. Um with my, my very first job, um, I've I've told this story before, but uh my very first job, they they kept telling me, Hey, you gotta you gotta get a budget. And I, I was a psychology major. I I didn't I didn't know what a budget was. I'd never even opened Excel and, (laughs) you know, and so I was petrified. And so I like put it off for like a month. And then finally my supervisor was like, Hey, we got to sit down for that budget uh, thing. And I was like, all right, I'm going to admit this to you. I basically told him, I was like, I don't know Excel. I have no idea what a budget is. So he sat down and was like, Oh, it's just like estimating numbers. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I can do that. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's like the last portion of my job is like working with the budget and like knowing, okay, we have this amount of money to like buy food and like other like program materials. And so like, I spend a lot of time like number crunching and like, can we afford to buy new pots? Should we wait till next year's budget? Right, (laughs) right, right, right. So that's the other portion of my job these days. Well, very cool. Uh, thank you for sharing all that. So we'll, we'll end with this, Dylan. Um, you know, we uh, we we obviously in doing this podcast, I I, I want to try to promote all the different um, types of, of positions and, and areas that that students in our major might might end up um, m- might end up in. And um, you know, I have always had an affinity for for parks and and the outdoors myself, and um, and uh, y- you know, it it honestly it does kind of shock me that that more more of our students aren't aren't drawn to that. You know, with um with us having the beaches so close and so many outdoor opportunities around San Luis Obispo, and so I wonder if you can give um you know uh, give some perspective like uh, to you know those students out there who are trying to to figure out their path and and what advice you would give to them as a as a former person who was trying to to go into nursing that has now found a, a career in outdoor recreation what advi- what advice would you give i would say like just go out and like do what makes you happy like mm-hmm. I feel like when I was like younger in like that early twenties age, you know, everyone wants to like travel or like go outside a bunch. And I remember like always thinking that like, okay, I have to find a job that allows me to do that on the side. Hmm. Why not find a job where you can just do that? Yeah, like there are jobs out there that like folks can do to like do what makes them happy and do what they love yeah. while also not like robbing you of the passion of doing that. That's the key, there's, there's, right? there's always that like like cliche of like oh like if you do what you love for a living like it stops becoming like what you love because you're doing it as a job. Mm-hmm. That doesn't necessarily have to be true, yeah. and like especially for folks that are like interested in like really being like outside mm-hmm. there are definitely jobs out there that like allow you to be like outside for the majority of the time um, yeah. and it doesn't have to be as like far as like what i do of like okay like you're gonna sleep outside on the ground under a tarp for 30 days at a time right like, that doesn't have to be like 
Right. There's still ways to like, you know, get outside, like without having to live outside. Yeah. And like, it's okay if what you want to do, like, isn't exactly, you know, a huge money maker. I don't make a lot of money. (laughs) I don't, but I get to do like what I love and like spend a ton of time outside and like, it's okay to trade happiness or trade money for happiness. Yeah. That is an option. Like you can do that. (laughs) I love it. I love it. What great advice. And, um, Dylan, I, um, I just, I thank you so much. Uh, this was, uh, this was quite, uh, quite a fun time talking to you. I knew it was going to be great and, um, so excited for you and so proud of you and, um, and just uh, wish you all the best moving forward. And, um, you know, uh, I just know the sky's the limit for you. And um, just thank you for your time today. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. Thanks so much. All right. See ya.